Hello everyone and welcome to the, um, I started recording as I was opening the folder, the 21st Movie Club? Yep. Sure. 21st. Mike, did you realize this is our, at bare minimum, 42nd show? Uh, it has been, of, of not interviews? Yes. Interviews is a lot higher. Yeah. We'll have interviews. to do, well... Okay, so our 50th will be a SWW. Okay. So we'll have to do something big for that. Hear me, hear me out, okay? You, so 50th, right? So you do... Ooh, I'm trying, to think, I'm trying to think what it'd be. See, the joke is, right? It's 50 ounces of alcohol while we, while we record. <laughs> no? No. That's it. You're not fun. We'll I mean, if, we're, if we were going to do that, we're going... We're basically playing Edward Forty Hands, but with a forty and then like a canned beer. <laughs> Except it's really hard to run the show then with no hands. Well, you would have one hand free. That's true. Um, but I would be pretty silent for the first like fifteen minutes as I just try to <laughs> down all of it at once. Just get it Got over with. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so AJ, how how is uh, Michigan? Um, last time we talked, Michigan was having trouble because you were opening. Now, for the record, now I'm really glad I live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is currently like 54 degrees, uh, sunny. It's beautiful. Um, it's 54. Jesus, it's like 82 right now. <laughs> 54 when I was just outside. Hmm. And it's beautiful. Like, no, pro- 50s like, during the so, summer isn't atrocious because like it it gets warmer, so that temperature yeah. feels different than like 50s at night. Well, and like you obviously know growing up in Chicago, like there's something just I hate to use the term, but there's something magical about in the Midwest in the summer, those like cold mornings. Yeah, but there's not, like, just something cold. It's, like, 50s, yeah. 60s, and, like, there's something about it which I can't explain to other people. Is So, like, if, it, if it's 54 at 2 in the afternoon, it's 54 at 9 a.m., they actually feel different. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. They just fundamentally feel different. It's your it's your internal, um, like, sensory uh, system. If it's cold in the morning, it's under the understanding that it's going to get warmer. Mm-hmm. So your body interprets 54 as a different temperature. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the afternoon, it's under the impression that it's only going to get colder. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, that, that's why. But yeah, no, that, that sounds nice. Um, it's 80s here. Uh, there's not a cloud in sight because this is Florida and our hurricane it passed. Did you get hit with our hurricane? Uh, Yeah, actually. So the winds that we had come through here were higher than when it made landfall in Louisiana. That's funny. I heard the same thing in like uh, Chicago and Minneapolis. Both of them got hit decently well with the winds and rain. We had, uh, so for those that, I mean, Mike knows where I live, but um, for those that don't know, I'm about half an hour from Lake Michigan. Not Mm -hmm. super far. In the grand scheme of things, I'm basically there. Um, and at 
the closest um, channel to where I live, the NOAA station there read 82 mile an hour winds. Jesus. Yep. And uh, about, we'll say 20 miles north, I think it was five or six years ago, uh, the NOAA station in Grand Haven read 130 full. Hmm. So we get some winds coming across the lake. And I don't think, like, you have an appreciation of Lake Michigan. I think, like, your appreciation for the lake growing up in Chicago is probably significantly different than what mine is. Because, yeah, so, like, where I grew up, so I grew up in the north suburbs, so, like, obviously inherently different, but also Chicago, Lake Michigan to Chicago is more of a centerpiece versus a functionality thing. So, like, like for you, it's like, oh, we go to this beach, we go to the thing, we're in Chicago, it's like, look at this lake we have in the middle of the city. Yeah. Well, and just, like, when you go to the beach, and I, you probably understand it from being in Florida now, like, people that don't know these bodies of water, mm-hmm. like, there's been... I think four deaths already this year of people getting swept off the piers and drowning. Um, which usually in an entire calendar year, we get maybe five. It's because, yeah, it's, it's, you have this. So the prime example for us is, so I'm, you know, I'm taking this road trip in a couple weeks. Yeah. And one of the big things is, so one of my friends that's going to meet us in Georgia and then take the rest of the trip with us is he's never been to the ocean before and he can't swim. And we're going to Myrtle Beach. Yeah, but, I mean, like, Myrtle but Beach is like, such a place where, like, you can walk into the water. But the, the thing, though, with me is, with with him, and that's what we have to watch it, is just because he can't swim makes an extra level of not just not seeing the ocean, not understanding yeah. that it's the swimming part of it. So if, like, we get separated. And, like, obviously, 24, I'm not that concerned about him, but, like, on a fundamental level, though, it's the, like... Like, if I get stranded, like, if I, I could deal with the ocean, because I know how to swim, I know how to deal with that thing, really, relatively. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, you know, where I grew up, like, from day one, it's ingrained in your head. If the flags are up, if it's either a yellow or a red flag... Act like it is. Yeah, yeah, if it's a yellow flag, act like it's red. If it's red, just... Go nowhere. You can be on the sand. I think that's the rule with us here. Yeah. Yeah. Go nowhere near the water. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, for, for those that don't know, the Great Lakes, well, three of the five Great Lakes are basically inland seas. Yeah. And also Lake Michigan, I thought, was worse than any ocean when it came to waves and stuff, too. Oh, it like, gets that's why the Navy's gnarly. on. Like, that's why the Navy's on Lake Michigan, because of that. Yeah, uh, Superior is probably worse than Michigan, but Michigan... not in America. Sorry, huh? No, Lake Superior is a... to the north. Yeah, but I thought that's why we have where we do because the Lake Michigan itself was so bad. Um, like, well, so the thing of it is, like, there's almost no population around Lake Superior. Okay, yeah, that could be too. The biggest cities are like the Sioux, Marquette, and Duluth. Mm-hmm. Whereas on Lake Michigan, you've got Chicago, Milwaukee, Holland, South Haven, Grand Haven, Muskegon. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many more in Wisconsin. Yeah. Mo- yeah. Anything by Milwaukee, basically. Yeah. 
And if you're looking at like, what is the most dangerous passage to make in North America? Mm -hmm. It's actually crossing underneath the Mackinac bridge. I can see that through the straits because they regularly get winds over a hundred miles an hour. Mm -hmm. It gets foggy. The waves are incredible. The currents insane through there. Like, the, like the calling the three big Great Lakes lakes is an understatement, mm-hmm. and it's I think why a lot of people come to the lakes and end up dying because they don't treat it like an ocean. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, it's a lake. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not a pond. Like Lake Michigan goes to over nine hundred feet in depth. Like. Mm-hmm. It's in the top fifteen deepest lakes in the world. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's beautiful um, gen- here. It's supposed to stay. I think it's supposed to hit like seventy five today. Fancy. I think. I think we're at the part where Florida hits ninety and stays ninety until November now. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty accurate. Even for even though I'm super north in Florida, still that's true. Which means when I go, so when I go down to Orlando, I'm probably going to just die. Well, so you're in that weird spot where, like, where you're at in Florida is kind of still swampy? Um, not quite where I am, but nearby. Well. So one of the examples is we have dirt. We don't have that clay you have, like, in central Florida. Yeah. Like, central Florida is completely different. Florida's this weird, like. a swamp. Orlando's really a swamp. Um. Central Florida is just completely different because there's farmland there. Like, it's kind of normal. Mm-hmm. Whereas South Florida and the Panhandle are pretty, like, obviously Southern Florida is more or less just swamp masquerading mm-hmm. as land. Uh, Northwest Florida, though, is that... You're not so North, fully there. We're in but, the deep south. We're in the yeah. deep south. Compared to like, we define Florida as Florida. This part is the deep south. Yeah. Still. Um, but one of the things which is interesting, so for people who understand, I so 10 is the road that goes from Jacksonville, I believe, all the way to California. And then 75 is the north to south road in Florida, like the big one. No joke. When I, when I take 10 and I cut 75 going south, it switches into Florida immediately. That image in your head. It's such an interesting thing of, like, it's a perfect divider line of, like, of north and south at 10 on 75, you see a difference. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember where 75 runs through Florida. Uh, 75 is the road I would take to go to, like, Orlando. Well, yeah, I know, like, I've driven to Florida a couple times, so I know 75. So 75 goes Orlando, Gainesville... Uh, then it's then it's when you cut onto it, it's about seventy five miles west of Jacksonville, which is about yeah. sixty miles east of Tallahassee, I think. Yeah, it's kind of that. Sun, it kind of is central Florida. Yeah, like uh, east west central. And then obviously, if you, you take the Panhandle, out, yeah. right? Eventually, you get north seventy five. You'll hit I four, which is the infamous corridor from Orlando to Tampa, and one of the greatest football rivalries. Yeah, I was going to say also politically, the I-4 corridor is probably the most important section in the country for presidential politics. 
the I four the I four showdown. It's uh, Central Florida and Southern Florida. Ooh, that that is oh, that's a fight that I bet you turns violent. <laughs> it's a fun football game to watch. Yeah, because those fans are probably all like, "No, we're real Florida. No, we're real Florida." <laughs> it's not that. It's more of like because both schools are pretty chill. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm convinced if you go to Southern Florida, you don't actually get an education. You just drink beer. Well, Central Florida is the one with the lazy river. That's true. So. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. We so, should yeah, probably um, get going so we don't have another three-hour <laughs> show. Yeah, so as I was going to say, uh, general housekeeping on the way into this. Um, uh, as shit gets weird again in the country as we thought it was getting normal. Um, one of the things we have that just keep my mind on as we talk about, we're still sticking with our two, our movie club and SWW show and the, and the other weeks being interviews. Um, we do have, as you probably noticed on your feeds, some random Tuesday interviews or random day interviews. That's just because when we get interviews, if a game, like, I think me and AJ have come to the point now where if a game comes out and it makes sense to drop that interview on a different day, we're just going to do it because it just makes more sense for the creator and for us. We're dropping those hot exclusives. Hey, hey, hey. We got two things on launch days or, like, right before them. So I was like, yeah. we're just dropping on a different day, and it's just it's just going to be what it is. But yeah, okay. I think that's all I had right now. There's no other, obviously, events happening in the world because everything has hit the fucking fan. That's not true. There's racing today in Florida. <laughs> okay. Not literally everything. A good chunk of things. AJ? Yep. Tell me, tell me about uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, please. My God, did they bundle that? Holy shit! Because like Breakpoint is coming off of one of the probably sleeper best games in the past five years, mm-hmm. uh, Wildlands. That game was so much fun and had so much stuff to offer. And Breakpoint was like, yeah, but what if we turn it to eleven? <laughs> like everything's survival now and like they kind of took some of the stuff that Arma does mixed it with Far Cry and added Ubisoft flavor to it mm-hmm. and it disappoints the models look terrible I'm playing on PS4 and like it's not just the player model because apparently if you chose like they have the uh original guy from uh, Wildlands Mm -hmm. as one of the playable characters that you could choose. If you used him, and it's not just Breakpoint, uh, Wildlands had the same thing. If you kind of created a character, it didn't look as good as the, like, canon Nomad. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not just... uh, custom character that looks terrible. All of the character models in this game look like PS3 models. So, how do you... Do you think this game was just... Because obviously I've heard this complaint from when it came out, too. Was this game just rushed, do you feel? Like, what What? what part of it? Does it feel like none of it works together? It feels like they put their money in weird places because you get John Barenthal, and his model looks amazing, obviously. Right, because probably that was part of his contract. Yeah. But you take, I mean, all you had to do was carry over the character models from Wildlands 
and use them because the game opens and it's the squad from Wildlands. Mm-hmm. And even those character models look worse. Really? So they didn't just take them and put them in the game. Like they just, oh man. I don't know if it's rushed or if it was a situation of like analysis paralysis where like the environment looks amazing mm-hmm. and it's smaller than wildlands. The map is. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, did they just pump as much horsepower as they could into foliage into the system, like the stealth systems and all this bullshit. And then mm-hmm. like with six months ago, realize, Oh shit, we need characters. Mm. Cause that's really what it, it, that's what it looks like. Like mm-hmm. the character I've only played a little bit. Um, it was part of the, uh, days of play sale. It was like 14 bucks. I'm like, okay. Like I had a price in my head of what I was willing to pay for, Breakpoint. And was once that in it, that price? Yeah. Once it crossed under that $20 mark, like I was starting, I would so really consider out. it. Any triple any A game that I'm interested in, I'm not saying I will because it obviously depends on the specific time. I think 20 bucks, I think I think 20 bucks is my line for a triple A game that like, if I lose it, I lose it. Yeah. And like, I wanted to play Breakpoint. So it wasn't like, oh, seeing this on sale, I'll check it out. It was, I really want to check this game out, and now I have not necessarily the willingness to do it, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't feel bad if I only play two hours of this game. Yeah, because I already stick with 10 bucks is what we could be paying to go to the fucking movies right now. Oh, it's, well, depending on which theater I go to, it's either 8 or 15. But the point is, like, we're looking at, like, an hourly rate. Like, it's one of those yeah. things, like, yeah, okay, that's that's the thing of, like, yeah, I'll drop that for an hour of entertainment or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Um, I have continually been going through that Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm another eight hours through it, I think. It's still good. I've definitely heard it's, like the back chapters when that game drops off and does and doesn't do as well. So I'll be very curious to see what that drop off looks like. So here's One, a se- here's a serious question about Final yeah. Fantasy 7. Hmm? What will happen first? Space Citizen or Star Citizen releases a game well, or I thought Final Fantasy can, 7 that's is not fair. I can download a thing called Star Citizen right now and play a thing. Do you mean like a complete game in which we define as released? Yeah, like a release. So it really comes down to, so in the back of my head, as we'll get to in a bit about this PS5 event, I was really curious if they're going to show off the next piece, like even a trailer, and they didn't, which really tells you how far out it is, because that would have been a really smart thing to do. Um, The only reason I bring it up is because there's a story that they hit the $300 million mark. Yeah. I, I'm very cut on that one. Um, I think... Oh, what was the Squadron 42? Yeah, that's their release thing with with Mark Hamill. Yeah. Will that come out before Final Fantasy VII Remake is fully finished? Fully finished gets tough, because my understanding is I think they're trying to do this in three parts. And I think if you're smart, you try to get the second... If you you get the second part out next year, I think you'll be... Like, I think that's the line of acceptable kind of thing. Of like, okay, no, this is like the whole Mass Effect every two years. 
thing and like they were obviously separate games but ran as a trilogy yeah but this is weird because this is this is the hobbit movies yes this is actually a a more apt comparison we're making a trilogy out of something that was one and and the concern will become very quickly as you remember everyone was okay with the first hobbit and then everyone hated the second two well i think people were like pretty receptive of the first one they were lukewarm on the second, and expectations and the for one. the third were, like, zero Yeah, when it released, and it's still disappointed. Right, as I say, like, like, the first Hobbit, like, like, I used to go, like, the first half hour of the first Hobbit, when you go meet them and stuff, like, that's a very fun, it's entertaining, like, it, it was a lot to it there, at least. Yeah. Where, yeah, um, I'm not sure... I really hope we at least get the second... I, I at least hope by the end of next year we have the second part of this Final Fantasy remake. And I, I stick with that. I think that'd be an okay caveat of it being that long apart. Like, 18 months apart or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I'm still enjoying the game. It There are definitely weird spikes in difficulty. I don't quite understand. Okay, so one of the weird things, and I bet you on the back end it's adjusting my difficulty. I'll go in an encounter once, die really quickly... And then, you know, I'll just respawn, try it again. And then mystically, I'll be able to handle that encounter. And I don't think I've learned a new skill. I think it's the game on the back end is secretly adjusting my difficulty. I'm totally fine with that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I hate nothing more in games than situations where you should be able to win. Especially, like, a lot of these games aren't, you know, 4X games. Where 4X games, you can lose a game within the first 10 moves. Mm-hmm. You just don't realize it. Right, well this at least immediately kind of makes the point of saying it. Yeah, whereas like games like this, it's like, okay, like... Oh, I messed that one up, but I can recover because the game's kind of taught you that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you can't recover, and it's like, okay, this is just bullshit. And then, yeah, the next time you encounter it, it's like, oh... I magically pass by the skin of my teeth, usually, but... Yeah. But my issue, I think just this feels too jarring, where, like, a game... A lot of times games do that on the back end without telling you, like, during a battle. Where this very much is, like... it. Like, I understand it could be my background. I, see, I feel it a lot more, but it totally, like... It just feels so jarring of, like, how they do that. Like, like I shouldn't lose in the first two minutes and then mystically win a 20-minute fight the next round with changing nothing. I didn't yeah. change my strategy, didn't change anything. Unless, I will be totally fine with that if the game, like, builds itself as a D&D-like. Which, but it doesn't. This is the problem. The yeah. game instead builds itself as, here are five difficulty options, which are you choosing? And they very specifically kind of explain the differences on them. Yeah. And, like, or, like, I'm okay, like, there are games where they're like, hey, you're having trouble with this fight. Do you want us to lower your difficulty just to this fight? Like, like, at least say it to me if you're doing that. I think, I think if it's going to be that obvious. Yeah, oh, who, do, who, Resident Evil is doing that. Right, so again, do so you know what they do? So, like, I don't know if they want to do it. I've had other games, though, where they go, for this little fight with lowering difficulty and putting it back to difficulty you want. So, like, this way you get less frustrated right here, and then it'll just go back to the mode you want it to be at. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen that. I can distinctly remember um, Last of Us had, like, oh, do you want to 
lower lower the difficulty here. Or there's some games, I think Glass might have been one of them, um, where what they do is they put you on, they don't give you difficulty options for the first, no, it's Kingdom Hearts does this. The first, like, hour of the game, they don't give you a difficulty option, and then at the end of the hour, they go, we recommend your difficulty being X based upon how you respond to these fights. Yeah. You still change it to what you want, but they were like, no, no, here is our recommendation for your balanced experience. Yeah. Well, Call of Duty does that, too. You go through the, uh... Yeah. Because they, they kind of look at how's your gunplay, how quick are your reflexes, like basic things yeah. that could roughly figure out, like, how will you handle this? Speaking of Call of Duty. Yeah. Uh, we season played Warzone four. for a bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I played Season 4. Uh, yeah, so Season 4 came out. So uh, have you played Warzone since Season 4 came out a couple days ago? No. I haven't okay. played Warzone. So, I played uh, a couple matches of Trench. Um, okay. On on the map trench, they had a playlist with different mm-hmm. game modes. So Warzone, one of the so there's a couple things they added. They added in-game events. So one of them is fire sale, which means reviving a teammate is free during this. And then every buy box, I think everything's eighty percent off. Uh, another one is jailbreak, which means if you are dead at the time this is triggered, there's a chance that you respawn. And another one is a ton of uh, like choppers in the air you have to basically destroy and you get shit. I saw they're doing one, a 50v50. Yeah, there's also like that kind of, yeah, there's a 50v50 mode also. Again, um, the, like same same problems I've always had with Warzone. They need a standard mode. Yeah, the, this is the issue also because so, right, it was also a free weekend this weekend. So if you look at that menu, it was so uber crowded because how they determine the free weekends is they just shove the free part of Modern Warfare in the Warzone menus. So when I choose my mode, I'd be like, you, you want to play Modern Warfare? That's free right now. Why is this listed under Warzone modes? Yeah, I like, don't experience that much. because I have... But if you go and you don't, they just shove it in there in the option. You know, there's the playlist options. Yeah, it gives me a list of of regular Modern Warfare options. <laughs> like, it just, it's one of those things of, like, why? Like, why? Who, like, at least give me a sub-menu that you could say I hop to. I don't want this mixed in. Yeah. I just feel that. Um, it's also, it's confusing because I don't know if I understood this. So apparently when you switch seasons, if you're high enough, they just put you at level 55. Yeah, you didn't know that? No, it's just, it was weird. Um, I, I don't feel like that was communicated well. Otherwise, I don't know. They tweaked something. So our strategy has been, I think you would do a strategy with you, where we were getting all of the control points to figure out what the inner circle was. Mm-hmm. They for sure nerfed that. That is nerfed beyond belief. I'm fine with that. Like Apex nerfed um, Pathfinder's ability mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Um, and so you know, it's like there's a lot of people out there that anytime anything gets nerfed, there is a huge vocal minority mm-hmm. of people that are like. They should have never done this. This ruins the game. And I'm like... So I'm not saying it ruins the game. I think fundamentally... Oh, and I'm not saying that you think it... I I, I feel they might have nerfed it too strongly. I I agree that Shedgy is overpowered. I think we saw that. Um, I I feel like the level they have nerfed it fundamentally feels that... So this, this I think, comes back to my game like these is live games. Um, My game on the fundamental level, as I've always talked about, is I don't mind... 
I, I kind of do and I kind of don't mind. Some guys say these are live things they change all the time is I'm always at a certain point. I hate, like this is why I've like dropped out like Destiny 2 and Destiny and those kind of games because I don't like the idea that every time I turn on a game, it's a brand new game 100%. Because like, cause like now I can't yeah. be like, because it's really weird to be like, well, I liked, I liked Warzone in season two when it's like season 20. Like it, it becomes this thing of like, no, part of the games that people really liked, like going back, even if they like somewhat changed, like some games still change. Like you'd send updates, you'd have DLC, but you can still go back to this experience that you liked. Yeah, I could hop into Division 1. And like even though some stuff has changed, fundamentally yeah. it's kind of the same experience. And really the only stuff that ever changed was stuff in the... uh uh, shoot, what's the PvP? Uh, Dark Zone. Dark Zone, yeah. That's the only thing that really changed. So, like, the, and, like, right, and, like, so, like, again, I'm not saying nothing can change in these live games. I just feel we are changing them too much. Yeah. I, well, I also think about it, even from, like, so, like, a developer point of view, right? Yeah. If I'm a level designer, it's always weird to me that I make this piece of a level and then it's just gone in a month. So, they haven't nerfed the ultimate strategy, though. What's that one? The strategy that I used to get to, what did we get, like, top 10, I think? Um, Minotaur recreating Russian jackass. That was great. I don't think I ever fired a shot in that match and we finished top 10. That strategy was just so, it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Like Warzone can get really like tense. Any of those battle royales can get tense. But just running around, well, not running around, driving a quad around for, what, 20 minutes? Mm -hmm. Just jumping off everything, doing wheelies, just having a blast. And I I never died until the end. Which I, I think don't I went mind down that because once. like if you as long as you're like not like you being a dumbass, but as long as you're quick enough being a dumbass stuff too, it's relatively easy to get out of firefights, for example. Well yeah, it yeah, like me being a dumbass is still like competent. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's a lot of people in Warzone that aren't even as competent as I am when I'm just fucking around. No, it is. It totally is. There definitely is a feeling of like, I've always been relatively decent at Call of Duty. And like, I could totally feel that in Warzone because it still plays like Call of Duty on some fundamental level. That like in a firefight, you're like, oh, I could tell you just didn't play Call of Duty. Yeah. Especially because this plays more like old Call of Duties in a lot of ways in the way of like, there's no extra powers, relatively speaking, and stuff too. Where like, if you understand that gunplay, you understand that gunplay. You want to know what else plays like its sequels? <laughs> or, I guess this is the most recent. It, it plays it, like its it... previous. Ooh, what game is that? Uh, MLB 20. Ooh. Again, another game on the uh, Days of Play sale. Um, By far, well, it's weird to say because, like, MLB, the show, has not had a bad game since I've been playing them. Really? Yeah. That says a lot. Like, they're, they've at least been competent. Which I think, I think personally, I've already said this about sports games, I actually say the same about Call of Duty, right? 
I don't need them to change a ton year to year. I understand. So like the whole idea is you want, you want to incrementally make them better, but then if I switch three years, then now they're massively better. Yeah. Well, like Madden has gotten worse. Since, Which is impressive. Since, okay, there's a clear line of when EA got the exclusive NFL license mm-hmm. and when 2K left uh, baseball. Mm-hmm. The difference there, like, those two games, those two sports games, took a totally different path. Mm-hmm. Like, the show just kept being competent, introduced some features from 2K. And it's just, like, improved on everything. Madden was like, hey, we now have the exclusive license, so we can do whatever we want. We're going to introduce the vision cone. We're going to do... I almost wonder if if the, the MLB license was just easier to lose, and that's why Sony had to take extra care of it. I, I mean, nobody was challenging Sony, like... No, but in the back end, I wonder if they're like the terms of their contract is like it has to be a certain quality or has to do X or. Eh, I don't think so, because the MLB is so dark age with mm-hmm. new media. Yeah, because MLB like obviously there's MLB streaming, but like that getting that hooked up and stuff. I remember it was like this very. Well, and there's like they are notorious about taking anything down on like Twitter. Or, or like their YouTube. block list of like where what areas you can and can't stream in. I thought was stronger and stuff. Well, that's more to do with, and we won't get into it here, but uh, local TV licenses, mm-hmm. um, which is consequently one of the reasons why uh, MLB is not doing that great right now. I was going to say I've definitely, especially in Chicago, where they changed their networks and stuff. Yeah, um, but yeah, this is. Uh, so far, so good. Nice. It says here you've also been Satisfactory. Yeah, so Satisfactory finally came out on Steam. I was about to say, I remember that was a big deal, wasn't that? Yep. Um, and I've been playing Satisfactory while watching the Pacific on my second monitor. <laughs> Coffee stain. Goat Simulator got it. Okay, I was like, who who is this team? Satisfactory. Yeah, they've done a couple different things. Um, well, Goat Simulator is where I think people would probably, I think, yeah. say, I guess Sanctum, but like Goat Simulator for sure, people would know them. And like, it's not just I didn't want to play this game on Epic. It was this game has been evolving so much. So you wanted to wait. Yeah, I wanted to wait until there was a lot of features in it. It's like how we talk about, like, not, not, it was not, whatever that game we interviewed two weeks ago was, that we talk about how we're going to wait a little oh, bit. Knock, knock, that, yeah. Yeah, to, like, just a little bit further, that way you don't, like, it's the issue again of, like, every, I don't want to open the game up every time I have to learn something 100% new. Yeah. Yep, so I've started my base. Oh? I feel like I'm progressing way slower than when the first time I played it was. Is that good or bad? Um... Little column A, little column B. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's partially because, like, a lot of what Satisfactory is all about is just checking boxes off. Mm-hmm. And now there's more boxes to check, but 
there's also like so if you skip the tutorial which you can do if you've played the game before um they just give you all the materials you need to set up like your base which i didn't realize at first that they just gave me everything i needed <laughs> so i was like okay i gotta go set this stuff up and uh once I figured out that they had everything that I needed to build stuff, um, I was good. And then the problem I have is you need uh, limestone to make concrete to mm-hmm. build stuff, uh, to build a base. And the limestone was one place, but then like the uh, the iron and the copper were... 400 meters away, so I had to decide, okay, where am I going to put my home base? Do I want to put it roughly in the middle, or do I want to be closer to the limestone, because um, that's only one process, whereas uh, ores, you have to um, mine, smelt, and then construct. Limestone is just mine and construct. So, yeah. Okay, nice. So you enjoying it? Yeah, it's satisfactory. Okay, I, I appreciate that one. Double entendre there? Uh, no, I was just more of <laughs> if you had played the game. It's just more of the game so far. <laughs> um, I haven't uh, gotten into uh, pipes and oil and stuff like that yet. So okay. Uh, the only game that I've played is Evans Remains, which we had an interview for. Um, also, it is it's a game that's getting a decent amount of heat and buzz. It's all about it's kind of like a very simple. The developer described it kind of like a little bit of a puzzle platformer, like more puzzly, and then like basically as a visual novel. Otherwise, and so about like you have this boy sister on an island, you have to kind of go figure out where he was. It's nothing complicated. I don't think it's anything groundbreaking. I think it. I think it's. Simple puzzles enough where, like, you have to stop and think and it messes with the pacing. The story is interesting. I feel it's very... It's, I think it's its sound design's really good, and I feel it has a very... It's not a very... I don't know if it's uber unique art style, but I, I really like the art style look of it. It's very, like, 2D. Like, it's kind of like we joke saying what we think an NES game looked like in our heads, even though it's not what it looks like. So I think it's a fun little easy game. I think it's, like, 20 bucks, 15 bucks. So, like, if you're interested in it, it's, like, four-hour game it's nothing super long just so bad yeah so like like for what it is i think it's i think it's very satisfactory um and i think it's i think it's a very interesting thing if you want a very interesting story um also the developers from argentina which which obviously inherently makes it, i think the story has a very different twist to it because like you could totally like just the way different cultures tell stories and stuff argentina 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 I'm I'm so, halfway decent with like Slavic and uh Germanic languages, but anything mm-hmm. of the Latin descent just mm. nope. Nope. Hard no, no for me. Can't pronounce no it. Latin for you. Uh well and like I think the problem I have is I have a really hard time rolling R's. Oh yeah, no, I can't do that. Um so like there's there's it's more of specific sounds that I just can't pronounce. Mm-hmm. Less than looking at something and 
trying to like thinking about okay what is the origin like it's the same with french like okay what's the origin language for this word or what's the regions from what do they speak mm-hmm. trying to Okay. Nice. So let's see. So apparently, uh, racing is somewhat back because you you've been watching a lot of that. Yep. And in fact, um, as we're recording this, we are approximately an hour in, uh, hour and thirty minutes as we're right now as we're recording this, removed from the end of the uh, twenty-four hours of Le Mans virtual. So what does that mean, Lamar Virtual? I was very confused by that. They ran the... Tw- well, so this weekend should have been the 24-hour Lamar. Right, and obviously we've talked about Lamar because... Yeah. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. And <laughs> but, so this was just a virtual... They used R-Factor 2. Which the downside to R-Factor 2 is... The highest prototype level they have is LMP2, and they only have one of them. So it was this weird, like having liveries for cars that don't exist in the game plastered on this Orica 07. Meanwhile, the GTE class has the Corvettes, Ferraris, and Porsches. So just this weird, like... Because one of the special things about Le Mans, and deep down inside me, I hope that we can get the SWW show to the point where you and I could go to France and shoot a video at Le Mans. Mm-hmm. because it is such a unique experience. And, I mean, I haven't been over there to see the race live, but watching that race, like, it's the only place in the world where you're going to see, like, gentlemen racers in the GTE AM class to Formula One drivers driving on the mm-hmm. same circuit and in completely different cars. Um, and so, yeah, they wrapped that up and they were running it exactly like Lamont. They had the stewards, they had the race director that should have been there to run the race. Like, so all digitally though? No. Well, okay. So there's a studio in Paris mm-hmm. that they shot all the those commentary from. out of and the race director and the stewards were there. Got it. There were, I think, two sims in the studio that different teams were using. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they had 37 countries represented. Jesus. From people driving in 37 different countries. I think they had more mm-hmm. than that. Like, more nationalities of drivers. Um, but like some drivers, say for instance, uh, there's a South African driver. But I think he was in the UK. So they didn't count that as a 38th country. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool to watch. Um, Williams finally won something. Which, uh, for F1 fans, they'll get a kick out of that. Um, it was a fun race to watch. Nice. And then what is about this so... NASCAR, Indy, and all that fun stuff? Yeah, so NASCAR has been back since, shoot, what, like, late March, I think it was? Mm-hmm. Um, and the day we're recording this is the first day they'll have fans. Stands. Ooh! It's down at Miami. 
I think it's a thousand. I believe it's a thousand people, but it's only uh, first responders and military mm-hmm. and their families. Um, the first race where you could buy tickets is going to be in Talladega, which is going to be very interesting because since NASCAR banned the Confederate flag, how many people are going to try and show up with one? That is a very interesting. I'm wondering that too. Um, I'll be very curious. I also thought the decision was very interesting too because because if you look at so five thirty eight is one of those websites obviously we've talked about once in a blue moon. They've done like tracking in the past of like political allegiances versus like sports, and I found it interesting because like statistically speaking, NASCAR is a very conservative sport. Yeah. Like, like that's why I found it interesting about that. Even like the owners and stuff are too. That's why I found that decision very interesting. The and, like, owners are advertisers. The owners are, are walking DUIs, basically. But the point though is like, so if your owners are very conservative, your advertisers are very conservative, and your fan base is very conservative. I'm curious where the pressure was built to make that decision. Well, so apparently, if you listen to Dale Jr., which there's no reason to not trust him. Yeah, I'll give that. In this situation, because he's the sport's most popular personality, like... Yeah, he has enough. He probably has influenced himself, like... Yeah. Apparently, they were trying to um, get the flag banned back in 2015. Okay, so now this was just a moment to do it. This was a, you know, no time like the present, basically. They didn't have the support in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it would be very tough in this day and age, especially when you have a black driver mm-hmm. with everything that's going on to allow. But what I found interesting was it wasn't a temporary ban; it was a ban, and that's why it's not like a like if they said we're going to put it away indefinitely. Like it was, it was like one like there are ways you could have played that off differently, and that's why I found very curious. I'm not saying they made the wrong choice. I just mean logistically, it's a very interesting choice. Yeah. Which I find hilarious that people support a flag that represents a time period shorter than Nirvana. Uh, the What was the thing I saw? It was Pokemon Go has been out longer than the Confederacy was? Yeah. No, I found that interesting. Um, obviously, being the, like the history person in me, there are pieces of that that like I could almost see where people do it. I'm not defending it. Um, but, like, it is very interesting, but, like, because the issue is, and I agree with you on that sentiment, it's, it's like everything, right? We, we make everything act like it's black and white and nothing really is. Yeah. And, like, I, th- I think, I think right now in America, too, we forget there is always nuance in conversation or discussion or policy. Yeah. And, and we are actively as a country not act- acting like there is not. Yeah, and we we can wrap that discussion up, but I just want to add, like, so the show put out, you and I both wrote up mm-hmm. statements regarding the current situation, and for, I guess, for you and I, and maybe some of our, our listeners agree with kind of the stance that we take, not necessarily on situation, I hope you follow us with that stance, 
but we don't just say something to say something. Yeah. If we're going to do something, we are going to stand by it. And I don't know about you, Mike, but if I start, if I see anything like purposefully racially insensitive, no, I'm not or degrading. Like you can just fuck right off. No, and I agree. I 100 agree on that statement, and that was mine was too. It's it's when I say nuance, I don't mean that's where the nuance discussion is for the record. I mean there are other like like we are discussing public policy reforms right now, right? Yeah, and we're acting like you can't have nuance in that policy. It's, I'm sorry, you're not getting anything passed where there's not nuance in that policy. Yeah. Whereas I'm coming from, if you think you're being funny, like this is, I'm not making a joke. Like, mm-hmm. if you think you're trying to be funny by, you know, saying, uh, you know, the composer of the music for Celeste is a guy. Right, yeah, yeah. Or, um, saying something derogatory for any reason like if i see that shit just fuck right off like no i don't don't care if we lose listeners if i lose twitter followers like if you truly believe that it's okay to do that just know like right again i think there are pending discussion um, there are times you could have it. There are ways if you're having. Also, I feel there are ways when you have a discussion intellectually versus being a jackass too. Yeah. And I go back to there's a high concern. I'm as, as stuff I'm seeing on all sides of coverage across the board right now, and I truly mean when I say all sides of coverage, that everyone's forgetting there should be nuance or a point of compromise or a point of something like like there was an in between versus. Having the military run down every protester and then abolishing every police department in the nation. There's an in between between those two points. Yeah, yeah. Those are not the those are not the only options on that table. Which, so to hopefully wrap up our current political climate situation statements uh, and talking about it, uh, you know, Minneapolis is like, oh, we're going to shut down the police and reform mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. They said they're going to turn them into public safety officers, which which is the police. It's it's okay. <laughs> yes, it's the police. Everybody just saw that first headline, the first half of that sentence: Minneapolis shutting down police. They're just turning them into public safety officers. The only difference is the. Like, I I think there is bad messaging coming out of Minneapolis. Also, I agree with you on what yeah. they're actually doing. They're not giving that message well. No. And for those that are wondering what the difference is, a public safety officer doesn't fall under the qualified immunity standards laws. So we have a, we have a nineteen sixty seven Supreme Court decision in our country that says you cannot sue an individual police officer for an action they do while on the job. Right. So that, that now they are not things. police officers. Right. Um now you make me go on this road for half a second also. I'm also going to say it, because we're going down this road now, quickly. There is a line of saying there is bad laws or bad structures in some systems that you want to say, oh, I want to fix this X rule. The issue is, when you're the public servants or the city council members going out and trying to explain to people saying that, and you go on interviews, and when someone asks, who do I call if my house gets broken into? And your response is, well, you see, that's coming from a place of privilege. That is not answering the question, and that's not leaving people's concerns with what you are doing. Yeah. 
Oh, like, there's just, a, there's bad messaging on both sides, and it's like, just like, ridiculous. That city council president should not have done that interview. You no. should have sent someone else who knows what the hell they're saying. Yep. Okay, that's my rant. Um, speaking of not racially charged things, I watched The Help this week. That was I. <laughs> I remember seeing that not long after it came out on DVD. I think it was. Mm-hmm. If I remember so, right, that movie's a lot better than I think a no, lot of people thought it was. It's shockingly good. Like, like because it was off like Bass Academy Award. Like, people won Academy Awards for it. Like Jessica Chastain. It's literally where I think Octavia Spencer's her name, Billy yeah. Davis, Emma Stone. Like, like they were a list people in this film. It is. I think it's shocking for because it's a Disney. You have to come for it. This is a Disney film, right? Well, it's. It's one of those weird ones, isn't it? Where it's like it's under Disney, but it's technically a Buena Vista. You're right, but the point is though. So this is a Disney-funded film. This yeah. is a. So th- I think it might. I'm checking now. I think it might be right. I think it's. It is no. It's Walt Disney Studios. It is literally Walt Disney Studios. Oh no! Remember they changed that. They they stopped using the Buena Vista name, and now all of their yes. 2007 a, when they did that. Adult is a weird way to a weird term for it. But their adult mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. are so they have, Walt Disney. So Disney's active distribution. Okay, this makes sense. So, any so here are the following Walt Disney Studios umbrella studios: Walt Disney Pictures, Disney Nature, Walt Disney Animated Studios, Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Twentieth Century, Fox, Two Thousand, Twentieth Century Animation, and Blue Skies. Yeah, so that Walt Disney Studios and which is an umbrella. 20th century are the ones where you're going to see the right so marvel makes a point for example of not showing disney star wars makes a point of not showing disney because yeah. they're they're they brands they are purposely trying to keep somewhat separate yeah but those are like the the pictures in 20th century are the mm-hmm. non kid studios is the yeah. better way to okay but either way, this especially being that era of Disney, I think is interesting. Yeah, I mean, Disney's always had some, like, just off have. the wall. I mean, how they remade Tron, or made a sequel to Tron. Accurate. But Tron is built much more of the kids film than the help is. Is it, though? Like A thousand percent. I don't know if you watch again. Okay, I I'm watched Tron fairly recently. It's not, like... It was the, but it's also the, like, 90s version of kids film, which is different. The 2011 Tron? Like, the original Tron, yes. It's very much a kid's movie. But Mm -hmm. Legacy is very much, like... This is talking about, like, class warfare and getting into a little bit of the Nazi ideals. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's not very um, subdued about what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as I was saying, so the help, I'm going to spoil the help, by the way, because this film's old enough. Because it's 2011. It is 2020. I was going to say, it's like, it's going on 10 it's, years. Right, it's, I don't care anymore. And it's not a thing that's the big thing. So you know you know what the funniest moment in the help is, right? I, again, I saw it once. Okay. That was... So Minnie's Pie, do you remember Minnie's Pie? 
Minnie is one of the maids. I got it's Octavia Spencer. <laughs> if you're using character names, I have no idea. Yeah. Like, well, the, the term is pie. I hope it means something. So it's Octavia Spencer is one of the maids. And, I've, I've, and I think it's, it's Bryce Dallas Howard, which is Ron Howard's daughter, is one of the main characters in the film. She comes over for like an apology pie and gives to her. And that's the infamous line of eat my shit. And then slowly everyone in the scene realizes that Minnie put shit in that pie as she made her eat it. Hmm. It's the funniest thing. And like obviously there's like plot points off of it. It's, yeah. And that's how I appreciate how the, the the whole the whole twist is the reason she won't turn them in is like slander and try to sue them is because then she'd have to admit that in the book she was the one who ate the shit pie. Yeah. It's <laughs> just the funniest thing. No, that helps actually really good. Again, especially for it being Disney, for the relatively low budget the film was, like, it's a really good film. Um, I think Emma Stone does, which is like, I'm not always the biggest fan of Emma Stone. I think this is one of her best performances. Yeah. Otherwise, AJ, what is the Pacific? It's... It's not a sequel. Okay. But it's the same uh, production team that made Band of Brothers. Interesting. So it's just the Pacific War. It's still World War Two, so it's not there. Um, but it's just yeah, it's just the Pacific War. It's ten episodes. It's. It's an HBO miniseries. Like, there's some of the greatest, not even TV, but some of the greatest media mm. created, just hands down. I mean, the amount of effort and time and money that HBO puts into their miniseries is shocking. It's incredible. Like, you can't do this like nobody else can do this Mm -hmm. nobody else has the budget nobody else has the kind of carte blanche that hbo does you don't think at this point someone like netflix can do it no interesting not to the scale and because you have to remember like what hbo does when they make a miniseries anybody else has to hit that bar Netflix does not have the maturity as a content creator. Which is like that something that like bar. The Witcher showed they could if they wanted to. But they didn't make The Witcher, they got it from Right, yeah. Somebody. So you know, it's like this is HBO making this. Mm-hmm. They're signing on to it. They're getting teams like you know, this isn't Netflix buying The Witcher. Well, to be fair, I, and they did make it in-house. They bought the rights to an existing IP. Yeah. But I think, didn't they buy, like, somebody had shot a pilot? I didn't think so. For The Witcher and... I, I, I thought that was all in-house. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't branded as The Witcher. But there was, like, the production house, I think, had a proof of concept out there of... Kind of the feel. Maybe. I, I'm, plus, like, 
Netflix just doesn't like, they try too hard. Mm-hmm. They're trying to be HBO. Oh, a thousand percent. And HBO obviously doesn't have to try they to hit HBO. that. They are HBO. And there's this weird, like, and it's a good weird. It's a standard of excellence that if you have a project that is picked up by HBO, there's expectations. It is going to be some of the best TV of that year. Mm hmm. And if it isn't, you're kicked to the curb and your career's done for the next five years. Right, because you're the back in HBO, you had a budget that was unmatched, you could have done what you wanted and you somehow messed it up. Yeah. Okay, nice. Uh, AJ, I also watched, uh, to force my hand to make sure we couldn't watch this for when we did Movie Club next month, uh, I watched Inception. Well, we'll get to it in the news, but I, I have a feeling Tenet's not going to be our July movie club. I have a hunch too, which is so I did. I watched this pre that news uh, because I wanted to make our old movie a memento. So, Inception. I, for the record, I forgot how um, he just took the cast of what would be Dark Knight Rises, and that's how he met all of them, basically. <laughs> like, if it's, besides Christian Bale, I think the entire cast of Dark Knight Rises is in this film. Leo's not in Dark Knight Rises. Okay, but I'm saying, but everyone from Dark Knight Rises is in this film, basically, besides Gary Oldman and... and Ellen Page like, isn't in Dark Knight Rises. Okay, Tom Hardy. Uh, Cillian Murphy. Yeah, right. um, obviously Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, Michael, what's his name, Kane. Well, Michael Kane's in every... <laughs> it's like saying Leo is in a Scorsese movie. Like, of course he is. <laughs> But it's very interesting, just because, like, I forgot how, like, oh, Scarecrow's in it, obviously. Yeah, that's Cillian Murphy. Oh, then, um, What's-Her-Face is also in it. Talia al Ghul. Yeah. But the point is, like, fundamentally, I forgot, like, how much the ca- like the cast overlap. Inception also still holds up as a fucking amazing film. It does. Okay, so cast overlap, like, realistically, it's two people. Because Cillian Murphy had already done Begins and Dark Knight. Okay, so Joseph Gordon-Levitt and then obviously What's-Her-Face. I keep forgetting. Talia Ogul. Yeah. And, well, Tom Hardy is, I guess. Oh, yeah, Tom Hardy. I was going to say, yeah, Tom Hardy also. I thought that's how they met Tom Hardy. Because Tom Hardy at this point wasn't a big name. No. His, well, they met him, but his wasn't picked as Bane originally. No, I thought he was. He just had to redo all of his stuff. I thought it was still him in the in the bad version. Of Rises? No, it was going to be... Um, I can't think of the guy's name now. It's going to bug me. I'll think of it later. Um, it was Tom Hardy and somebody else. And that somebody else was, I think, the pick. But then he had, like, a scheduling conflict, maybe, and... Maybe. Tom Hardy. Well, and Tom Hardy is cheap at that point. Like, Yeah. I think that, shit. Why can't I think of it? I was going to say Army Hammer, but it wasn't him. Definitely not. 
people of Gotham. People you're still of make, Gotham. You're still gonna make me watch this tonight, by the way. Yes. Yes. You merely adapted the dog. I was I born. Was <laughs> Every time I do Bane, I turn into like Colonel Sanders. That's true. I still the thing that still you know still upsets me about it. There is still a world out there where we we because like the original thing was he wanted Leonardo DiCaprio to play the Riddler. I don't know, like as it stands, I don't know where you put the Riddler in that story. I think so. Like the actual thing was, and this has been basically confirmed, is they wanted this to be a Joker part two. Well, yeah, I mean, but obviously you couldn't. Like, because that's why you, you would have killed him if you didn't. Like, fundamentally, you left him alive to use him. Yeah. It, well, and the Joker never dies. So, like... But, like, the reason you specifically, in, in that movie, in which you let people yeah. die, that's not an accident. That's specifically... Because it's been so easy to have him, something happen, where it's at least, is he alive? They very clearly left him alive on purpose. Yeah. And, unfortunately... Pleasure. Personally, I would have got rid of probably Catwoman and then had instead had Leo. I mean, but then you wouldn't have that iconic shot of her on the bike. Yeah, <laughs> the photo that every dude bro site used for their review. <laughs> Wait, there's more than one photo. I thought that was the only screenshot they released. Oh, there was. The oh, other one, the other one that they used was the Bane speech at Heinz Field. That's a, that is such a good image. Which I love that they just didn't even rebrand Heinz Field. <laughs> yeah, no. So like Heinz exists in Gotham, and they sponsor one of the football stadiums. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, one more thing before we get into news, I guess. AJ, what does this mean here in the show notes? You said you became a lumberjack. Oh, uh, my family, through my grandfather, he bought 80 acres of land and, um... In Michigan? Yeah. Is it the Oop, or...? No, it's like an hour and 15 from... Hmm. Um, that he used to hunt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um and every year we have to go up and like trim back branches and stuff like that that overgrew during the winter and the spring. So, and with the weather that we've had, there were a couple trees down and stuff. So, yeah, I got to be a lumberjack again. Nice. So. Um, anything here on the F one update that you feel important that we didn't hit? Uh yeah, everything that I wrote down. Okay. So F1 ha- is down another 3 races. Uh Singapore, Baku and Japan are officially canceled. Um Baku was going to try and push back later in the year, but they can't. Um Imola, which is a track notorious for being the track where Ayrton Senna died. Um, it is like the layout since been changed, so it's not the exact same. Um, it was recertified as a grade one 
circuit. Um, which we'll record something before um, the F1 season starts in a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and we'll go over what some of these terms mean. Um, so they can host an F1 race again. Uh, Portugal's got a couple tracks that are Grade One certified, and apparently it sounds like the FIA uh, promised Portugal a race in September. Hmm. Um, and referencing the start of the season being July 6th, uh, Renault, which is one of the teams already has trucks at Austria at the track. So they're three weeks ahead of schedule there. Yeah. So July 6th is the first race in Austria. Hopefully we can record something will go up before the race. Uh, side note, we could talk more after, AJ. Yeah. Uh, we could. Just, we might have just recorded two things next weekend, then, is what this means, because I leave on the 25th. Yeah. So, we might um, just be, next weekend might be a me and you working on this thing. Yeah. And uh, we'll record that. We'll go over some of the storylines that came up um, in this extended off-season uh, terms you need to know, um, stuff like that. Rivalries, yeah. Over that yeah. stuff. Nice. To get you okay. ready for the seventy-first year of Formula One. Nice. Uh, and by the way, people, as we could tell, as we again we got to the news after the hour mark, another short episode this week. I have a feeling it won't be super long because our no, feel, old I, I, movie I, I, and new I'll movie st- are. Not great. Whoa, hold up. What? Well, one of them's good. The other one is not great. Jesus Christ. Okay. First news story. AJ, why does life hate us? Uh, Well, you live in Florida. Ask your uh, representatives, ask the representatives of Texas uh, why they opened their states. Only to uh, get uh, fucked in the yeah, ass. Yeah, but but my, the thing is though, our theaters are ever right to be like they're allowed to open right now. And also, what's so I agree with you. Are, so there's two things which is interesting about Florida's cases. But I don't know Texas numbers as well, so I'm specifically pointing on Florida here. Our cases are up from when we the lowest point. They are not at the point where we did open, and our hospitalizations are not up, which is interesting. So that's the governor's argument is he thinks more people are getting tested that were asymptomatic or younger. So it yeah. doesn't have the same effect. So, so that like, I'm not saying there isn't a, some spike in Florida. We need to at least normalize that data to account for that. Yeah. I think Texas was gaining over 2000 a day. But again, if it's, all, if it's only people who are 22 or asymptomatic, that doesn't actually matter in the same way. What matters fundamentally is your hospitalization rates. I mean, Yes and no, because if you open the state and there's 80,000 20-somethings that are asymptomatic and, you know, what is it, 40 to 1 or something like that? Right. So that's 800,000 people. Right, so the whole point, though, is, like, if you look at the the data, though, it's, there's more, like, raw numbers matter, but there's more data you have to put into account to really see how much does it matter. Yeah. 
Like, I think Florida's whole shtick was there was not a death under 25 or 30 or some obnoxious. Like, there was something like no one under that age has died. Or, like, very few have even been hospitalized. Again, but fundamentally, Tenet is delayed now. I think it's July 31st. And Wonder Woman has been delayed. I think to the same date? N- Wonder Woman was, like, fall. Oh, it got pushed a- back again. I thought, I saw a Tenet delayed to July 31st. No, Wonder Woman was supposed and- to be August 14th. And now it is... And it was supposed to be August 12th, and now it's October 2nd. Hey? To put in perspective, the film was supposed to come out November 1st, 2019. Was the initial release date for that film. Yeah. So that, that's... I'm just questioning, um, like... Why that far? Well, okay, I understand, like... Tenet if you get it out in weeks, October, I'm upset, but like I at least understand because in theory, your your goal, you're you're hoping the extra two weeks is enough for like California to allow movie theaters and New York to allow movie theaters. What their goal is, yeah, that's fundamentally what Tenet's goal is: is to let more big states allow movie theaters. God, can you imagine Tenet comes out and then like as states open back up, mm-hmm. and then it's the only movie that comes out before states shut goal. back down. But, like, that is fundamentally their goal. Tenet's goal on a fundamental level is to be the thing that redefines Hollywood. What's interesting is AMC made a statement before saying they were going to open with Tenet. I don't know if that's still going to be true or not, or if they're opening early with old stuff. Is the AMC, AMC going to open because they just lost $2.2 billion in the AMC first AMC said their goal was by mid-June to be open in the majority of the country. I mean, mid-July. But that was before Tenet getting delayed. Yeah, I... I hate to say it, I don't see AMC lasting out of this. No, but I, I, if you're if you're the people who invested in AMC, you want AMC. To, you, your goal is to have AMC survive the next three months just to at least get through Tenet, so you have some money back. <laughs> is this the last hurrah for AMC? That that would be AMC is going to open their theaters, show Tenet. That's the only thing that's going to be on, so they're going to have like eighty showings a day, mm-hmm. and AMC goes out with a bang. Mm-hmm. That, that would, would be that it. would be a way to go. Like, if you know your theater's going down, just just go. Mm-hmm. Free drinks to everyone over twenty one. <laughs> like, fucking you know. just do it all. Yeah, they have a party. Just like that's that's the sad part. Like, is this stuff's going to? Theaters are going to die, and they're going to die with a whimper. Yeah. Like, AMC knows that they're going to it's, at least close survive? a ton of right. It's, it's how long can they survive, and when do they survive until, I think, is what we're looking at. Yeah. Because they can't keep losing $2 billion a quarter. Right, that's true. But the question is, I don't know if next quarter they're going. Like, it, as so at this point, in a good chunk of this countries theaters have a legal right to open it's a matter of does amc feel it is worth them opening yeah well and you have to think like even if tenant is a billion dollar movie at most if amc was the only theater open they get Mm -hmm. approximately 300 million from that Mm -hmm. so on a 2.2 billion dollar loss only making three hundred million dollars, but that might be enough for creditors to op- to like give you relief. Like if they feel you're paying it back, you might have more legroom. 
I don't know how many creditors are going to want to open to a company that's losing over $1.5 billion. You start selling equity at that point. You get like a VC. Well, they're, they're selling like a billion in stock. Mm-hmm. And No, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a tough road. I don't know if it's... I think it's not impossible for AMC to survive this. I just think it's going to be a very hard road to survive. I uh, Yeah. They maybe make it through next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, as AJ pointed out, then we will be figuring out next month what that means for the movie club, because I have no clue. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, actually, well, yeah, we'll figure that out. No, we have to figure it now then. AJ? Like, Are we doing another poll for movie club? What are we, what are we feeling? Do we, do we say it's July 31st and hope it doesn't get pushed? How about this? Let's go... Let's do something different. Okay. We'll figure it out off air. Okay. And put it on Twitter. Apparently we have a Facebook. Uh, I haven't been on Facebook in approximately five years, so I have yeah. no idea. We do. It's, I usually use the Twitter more for random stuff. Because, yeah. like, polls suck on Facebook, and also our audience is much more of a Twitter audience than Facebook audience. Yeah. I have it much more for posterity's sake than for us yeah. caring. Got the Twitter audience. But, like, fundamentally, it'd make more that sense. That lucrative yeah. Twitter audience. Um, Yeah, we'll post it on there, like, what we're going to okay. do. I'm thinking something a little bit different. Okay. So, sounds good. So, yeah. Uh, So, the big thing. So this is a, this is our there's some other news stories I want to touch on. This is our big news story of the month is so we had the PS5 showcase on Thursday. That I think we both watched live. Yeah. So let's I'm gonna go through the list and then you when you hit a game we want to talk about we'll stop. So that's not good because I feel like I'm not gonna hit everything. So they opened up with GTA Five uh, Enhanced Edition. Enhanced and expanded is what they're calling it. The big thing I thought was interesting is GTA O is officially a free-to-play game starting next year. For, well, it's weird because it's free to plus members. Right. So it's not technically a free-to-play game because on PlayStation, if you're a free-to-play, you don't need plus. Need plus. No, it is a very weird phrasing, and I'm not quite sure what that means. But also, think, does this mean they're spinning off GTA? I, oh, I bet you that's a hundred percent what that means. I, I, to me, I feel like what you do is those three months are to make sure you're ready for that, and then it's fully spun. I also yeah. thought it was interesting. I'll be one of the one note I have here for this. I'm curious about is does this mean that we're gonna get some weird additions to it, like how from GTA Five, the last gen to this gen, you first person mode and a few other things? I'm curious if you can get more stuff like that. Oh, they'll probably add, like, ray tracing and... Yeah, like, I'm not saying massive overhauls, but I I bet you they're spending some money and time to do something to make it worth it. That game's got... You want to talk about an unlimited budget? (laughs) Yeah. GTA V could... Well, as of right now, it's the most expensive game ever made, because Star Citizen still hasn't released anything. Right, 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 yes. Um, And, you know, so... Yeah, they could be, like... You know what we're going to do? We're going to do like truly full motion capture for each individual person <laughs> in the game. So they will have their own different walking styles. That would be own. cool as hell. And 
now that you know the consoles are going to have SSDs, you could do mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Also, don't expect GTA to be small. No, no, no. Like, you know, the the whole thing about, what was it, Unreal 5, is that, oh, uh, game sizes should be smaller. Mm-hmm. Well, Sorry. Like, if it's the exact same game, it would be. It's just more of a... Yeah. Like, Rockstar is going to use the horsepower of systems. Which I would prefer they do, personally. Yeah. Also, so, we'll get to it later with the box, but there was no PS5 higher edition. If there was the disc and no disc edition. Well, but with Xbox... If they're going off the same branding that they did for the one, the Series X is going to be the powerful box. Mm-hmm. Which they haven't shown anything on. Yeah. They've shown the box and they've shown like this was on Xbox Series X. Or... I think I think there's an event in July for Xbox, yeah. is what I thought it was. There might like be something in June. In July. But... Yeah. yeah, I thought it was I thought it was July, but I could be yeah. wrong. I think the big events in July, but there might be like something. Yeah. So okay, so let's um, go to the next game. Was the most confusing game on the list, and it shouldn't have been, but everyone's a moron. Uh, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales edition. No, the <laughs> the messaging was so mixed on this. So the messaging in the showcase was fine. The issue was you put someone who was not trained for the press out to say dumb stuff. Well, but was it, like, nothing about what they showed for the title card said that so, this was a standalone game? This is true, but fundamentally, I at least, the impression I had from it was watching it, and there could be a me impression thing. It felt akin to, which is what it, so, let me step back a second. Spider-Man Miles Morales, we have now found out, is akin to the standalone Uncharted DLC, which is a $40 game, about a 20 hour, 15-20 hour experience, right? That is what this game is going to be. That is now we know for a fact that they have clarified the statement. What happened was this. They never said they stood out this holiday. You had someone in the press then calling it an enhanced edition where you could play as Miles, which obviously people thought that made it sound like a remaster. So Insomniac had to release a separate statement explaining actually what this was. Yeah. They Well, they could have just come out and said, like, Standalone DLC. Standalone yeah. DLC, and we, I think we, we as an audience who were watching it, understood what that meant. Well, and so okay, this is standalone DLC. Does that mean mm-hmm. Spider Man is well? Spider Man is coming to the PS5. Well, but, I mean, PS4 is playable on PS5. Yeah, but is there going to be an enhanced Spider Man for the PS5? Like, we don't know. That that's the fucking not Titus announcement. This is the problem. Was so this by itself, the announcement was we have a Spider-Man, Spider-Man medium-sized thing, probably around $40, $50, coming about, basically a launch, looks like maybe a couple weeks later, called Spider-Man Miles Morales, where you're playing a Miles story post when Spider-Man ended. Which they set it up beautifully during that DLC, obviously. Yeah. What will be interesting to me is, because you did all the setting up during the DLC... Did they? You did a lot of it. You did I a thought, lot of that setup. Well, they show that Miles has the abilities at the end. But of... Miles, like learning to be Spider-Man, was the DLC. 
It was one of them. Okay, but but like because there were three, there were th- yeah three DLCs. Yeah, but okay. The point is though, you're making a point of showing that during then. So when you cut to this game, then how far is a time jump are we talking? Yeah, it seems like maybe a year. Or two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next thing is uh, we have is in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Which I'm a big Ratchet and Clank fan. I think it looked really cool. And Digital Foundry did a report looking at that, being like, "Yeah, no, this thing is bonkers on the back end." The idea looks cool, but it's I'm really hard. Not to a stre- Ratchet and Clank fan, right? And also that stream was buffering, so I really want to see this presentation. Like, I want the there's a 4K one out on YouTube now. You can see that wasn't that what they did. They put a post up version. Well, but even YouTube 4K compression is yeah, shitty. It's not- and so much of this, like, not necessarily the games, but a lot of the, like, bumpers in between games had, like, crazy effects and stuff like that that just got destroyed by compression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for the record, the list I'm going through is the Pleasure Bog list, so we're getting to the indies at the end. I know it's not going to be in the direct order. The next thing was we found about Horizon Forbidden Rust, which is a which is the sequel, which was clarified. This is the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, they said not that a in standalone the, DLC. Okay, I want to clarify. After the Spider-Man thing, someone's aware. Not a standalone DLC. Um, I don't think we had a year on this one even though. So realistically, we're probably looking at 2021. Okay. Otherwise, after that, we had AJ's probable favorite, which is Gran Turismo Seven. It looked okay. You said you said something you're excited because it went back to the UI being like four and three. Oh yeah, the UI like, and it's more of Gran Turismo Six was kind of the same way, but GT Sport was very much a like trying to be a console eye racing. I guess is the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the fun for me of Gran Turismo was kind of the the crazy things that you could do like driving, you know, three wheeled cars around the Nürburgring or something like that. And it looks to be kind of back to those original. Mm -hmm. But looking, I mean, of all the games that they showed, Gran Turismo seven is probably the best looking. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, probably. Uh, not even probably. I think it's the best-looking game that they showed. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And, like, racing games benefit so much from ray tracing and, you know, not just ray tracing light, but ray tracing audio and things that you can do with that. It just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, they announced uh, Demon Souls remake from Bluepoint and Japan Studios, which all, that has been the most open secret the industry has had in the last five years, I feel like. What's interesting, though, is because the rumor has been they're buying them. They didn't say anything about buying Bluepoint. No. I also am shocked because, as we'll get to, they didn't announce any acquisitions during this. And I was almost really I had a hunch that like I just felt like the time if you were going to would have been. Well, they're not Xbox that's like, hey, we bought these 18 studios. The Insom was a good example. They bought a studio recently. But, yeah, they 
I guess they don't have a section of their E3 press conference every year mm-hmm. dedicated to here's all the studios we purchased. This is true. Okay, so on to the indie side of things. Um, I'm going to go through this list. So there's obviously Bug Snacks from Young Horses. Uh, there was, which I think both of us are intrigued by. There's Goodbye Volcano High from Co-op, which I thought looked cool as fuck. Was that the one that I said looks like a Miyazaki game? I think so. It was all like the dinosaurs and stuff going through high school. Yeah. And song playing. Yeah. So let me, let me pull up our text chain because one of them I said looks like a Miyazaki uh, film. No, was that was that Project of Theater? There's a few of those. Okay, let's see. Um, uh, let's go back to the beginning. I think um, so. This is very looks. It's like an. This reminds me of Persona meets like no. It reminds me of Nino Cooney in a lot of ways. The way it looks. Spider Man launch launch with the best like. So. I guessed that Spider Man is going to be a launch game. Yeah, it, it is going to have one of the best soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Because they've got the Into the Spider Verse suit in it, so the soundtrack for that was amazing. So I imagine, I imagine they're just gonna pull kind of from that. And like, if we're being honest, Miles Morales seems like such a cool dude compared to Peter Parker. Oh, I thought that was his whole shtick has always been. Like, you can just see Peter Parker listening to like Beach Boys unironically. <laughs> And, you know, kind of soft rock stuff. Whereas Miles Morales is definitely much more modern songs and soundtrack. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Um, said, yeah, launch surprised me kind of, which... It, it didn't uber surprise me, because I kept saying before I thought it was possible. Which it's one of those that they actually went forward with it. Oh, we talked about GT7, Ratchet... Annapurna, uh, uh, Roller, Housemark, Death Stranding, Big Planet. I talked about how the new PlayStation Studios logo looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, or did I call it? I called it the box was going to be I, white I, like halfway through. You did. You did. I think. I think this is the game that you thought that about. Okay, I'm gonna jump to the next one while you do this. GTA uh, Arena War cartoon style. Not gonna lie, this game from Ember Labs looks like How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so the is this Night School is... Games Miyazaki game? Question mark. Some my shit. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, This is that one. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So Jet the Far Shower is the next one. Um, then there is Kenna Bridge of Spears, which is the Ember Labs game. Little Devil Inside from Neo Stream Interactive. Oddworld Soul, Soul Storm, which fucking we've, we've known about this game for a while. We have not seen anything about it, so I was excited we actually have stuff for it. The Pathless from Giant Squid and Annapurna. This is the Annapurna section now. Stray from Blue 12 and Annapurna, and then Solar Ash from Heart Machine and Annapurna. Uh, on the third party game section, this is where it gets weird. Are you ready for the. This is what's weird as hell. So we said GTA 5. Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop, which are the two Bethesda game studios there. I don't know if you caught this. They're console exclusives. I didn't see anything about exclusives. I thought no, no. Ghostwire was on the Xbox stage. No. So they're exclu- for on their launch window, they're exclusive to PS5 for a year, both Ghostwire and Deathloop. They're, they will be on PC also, but they are not going to be on other consoles for the first year. 
Man, if you're Phil Spencer, how shafted do you like? Also, last E3, you had Ghostwire on stage, right? Kind of promoting that it might be not necessarily Xbox exclusive. I thought you'd have like a partnership or whatever, because Bethesda's yeah. has always been relatively close to Microsoft. That's what's shocking to me is like we've been recently, relatively recently, like beyond that in games where we haven't been doing that as much. So I find that interesting. Also, then Godfall is they said Godfall is PS5 and PC launch exclusive. Also, oh, so like, that's the so dude, we, bro. Yeah, game. that one's not as big though. I feel like though getting first party games from Bethesda that's a big deal. Yeah. Also, Deathloop for the record, I didn't like it the first time we saw it. Looks way fucking better watching it when we watched that trailer. Oh, what did I say? Like. Something about we like Tarantino too, or something you know, like that. Also, like... what you know, they didn't announce though. So the female character can be another actual person. Yeah, they said that. But the, but they, I'm like that. I don't think so it was in the draw. press conference, but it was one of the things no, that said, I saw. Yeah, uh, Project Athea from Luminous and Square Enix, which was the, the first 2022 one. game. No, that's not the space one. Yeah, the first 2022 game, Hitman Three, coming in January. How, exci- how excited are we? I still think I'm going to play it on PC. That's fair, but I meant more him and three coming in January. I surprised that yeah. they're like the, the tail there. Uh, NBA 2K21. Yeah. Resident Evil Village, which is Resident Evil 8. They showed the little thing. And then lastly, which we thought we both thought might have been Outlast at points. Well, I called RE first and then I said Outlast. Maybe Outlast. Yeah. And then. Pragmata, which was that weird space one. Sure. And then finally, we got to see the box. And I think we both agree that box is fucking beautiful. Yes, it's... like Game consoles have never been good-looking. With this one is... I, for I could also... They might make me get the discless one, just because the discless one looks so much nicer. I was gonna get it anyway i mean i barely play these games right now. i think i have two games on disc right now i have more than that but totally like if you look at that console though like it looks so cool also i really like the, i've said before i really like the controller i like the style and look they've been going with yeah yeah i think that's everything from this press conference i think as a whole sony knocked it out of the park with what they showed even if not every game was for me, I think for sure they showed a nice variety of launch and launch window games. They showed, like, what's coming, even, like, the support they're getting from, like, Bethesda and stuff. They showed something for everyone. They showed multiple things, I think, for everyone. On top of this, like, we look at the launch window. Spider-Man, a ton of indies. You know you're getting a Call of Duty. You know you're getting Assassin's Creed. Like, you know you're getting this variety of stuff with it. That, like, it launch, it'll be a very strong launch lineup. You know what they didn't show? And I'm kind of glad that they didn't. Given the uh, current times, they didn't show Legion. That's accurate. And it really makes me wonder about that game. <laughs> this, this is true. Is it going to be a 21? But yeah. Okay. Um. Otherwise, some of the other big news stories is... EA games are now back on Steam with and EA the EA Pass is also on Steam. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Which uh, if if anybody was looking at 
purchasing EA games on Steam and you already had the game mm-hmm. version, um, purchasing it on Steam revokes the copy that you have in Origin. Which is insane. Or I, I'm not sure if it revokes or it like overwrites it. Either way, you lose access to game through. Mm-hmm. So, like, any saves directly tied to that game, so any cloud saves, too, are going to get wiped. Yeah. So, just a heads up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, otherwise, other big stuff, there was the PC showcase and the Grow Collective showcase that they mark there. I think the big stuff, I think the big thing, obviously, Persona 4 Golden being on PC is a big one. Torchlight 3 is out, officially. Uh, Dean Hall had a new game. I think that was really the big stuff that mattered. Did he ever fully released DayZ? Yeah, DayZ has a 1.0 out. And obviously, they they showed off stuff like Total War Saga, Mafia. Oh, and the new uh, Twin Peaks game. Nothing, I think, giant there. City game? Yeah. Uh, so this is a bigger story that I'm very interested about. I'm curious your thoughts. So AT&T is seeking to sell. It's it's rumor still, but it's pretty confirmed that AT&T is seeking to sell Warner's Bros. gaming division, and they think they can fetch about $4 billion for it. And for that could take two EA and Action Blizzard have all pu- expressed interest, apparently. EA makes the most sense. They have... I thought, interesting, I was thinking Activision made the most sense because they seem to have the weaker amount of IPs that are coming out. Well, but EA, are, they already have a deal with Warner. Like, the on PC, mm. the Arkham games are through Origin. Right. So they already have a working relationship. So what people, I feel like, aren't talking about enough, though, here. So besides Mortal Kombat, the majority of the the Warner gaming division uses Warner IP. Yeah. So they're going to have to so, start licensing stuff. So how's that going to work for Batman, Justice League, the Harry Potter thing in Rumored, the Lego stuff, Scribblenauts, like all the stuff heavily uses Warner-owned IP. I imagine there's deals for those games in place. So anything going forward, yes, is going to be weird. That's what I find weird, because like the reason Lego works and they're really profitable is because it costs Warner nothing to self-license from themselves. Well, they still have to license the Lego brand, but yes. Okay, but the Lego, like, I'm going to be honest, Lego versus the IP, the Lego's probably the cheaper part of that license. I think? Yeah, because I think Lego by its... Lego works in tangent with other things, if you look at what's the best-selling Lego products out there. Well, or is that, like, a Lego set that's, I don't know, uh, the Harry Potter sets? Mm-hmm. Was that Lego going to... Okay, I don't know who's going to who, but I mean, yeah. like, Lego works on a fundamental level a lot of times with the people they partner with. But I'm curious about stuff. But, you know, it's interesting, too. So, like, they obviously have been, like, half-teasing this Batman game from Montreal for a while. That means we're not getting this game for fucking years. Not There's no way they're selling... St- okay, they're not about to sell... Like, unless they're using it as leverage to make the price higher, like... Well, they're selling the gaming division... That includes all the studios. I know that, but on a fundamental level, I find it interesting that like they're trying to oust it when like they've been teasing this game. 
But Warner hasn't been teasing it, right? It's been... Okay, but they, they've they had to have permission. Like, at a certain point, like, I know the chain stops at a certain point, but, like, studios aren't just teasing stuff because they feel like it. people in the publisher side are approving this. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, does Warner really care? Like, yeah, that's do possible. they care that they're teasing their next game? Like, probably not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, final news story I thought was interesting. So there was the... On Twitter, there've been this for journalism too, but the thing that started was there is this hashtag trending the other week called Game Dev Paid Me. And I and I feel personally, and maybe you'll tell me I'm wrong, AJ. There are a lot of game studios out there who for what they make and where they make it need to up those salaries a bit. Yeah, I feel like that was the sentiment. So like their example. So like I think I think what we saw any of the big tech companies, I think, like, the, you could tell, like, you, like when it was very interesting watching an Activision salary versus a Microsoft salary or a Riot salary, because you saw a fundamental difference there. Like, Riot and Microsoft, excuse you, oh, no, they treat their employees right, it looked like. Well, and it's also, like, there's a difference between treating people right and mm-hmm. understanding that we just don't have the equity to do some of this stuff. But, like, Activision does. But they don't have Microsoft money. They don't have Riot money. Like That's true. I also find it interesting that, like, it looks like Riot salaries are, like, high hundreds in the same time where, like, if you just went, if you were down the street in, like, Santa Monica and Activision, you were making, like, 75 for the same jobs it looked like. Also, other thing, too, is it looks like Sony pays shockingly well for PlayStation being their entire profit margin. You say that, but we've talked about this before. Everyone forgets... About Sony Pictures and Sony Music. No, no, that's true. But I'm looking from a, when I pay my workers point of view, it's coming out of the the PlayStation part of Sony. Oh, yeah, from Game Dev, yeah. Yes, that's what I meant. Like, yes. But, like, at a fun level, I'm looking where my salary is coming from. I'm not using the salary from PlayStation Music. No. Because, like, it's looking at design. Sucker Punch is paying designer. Designer here, I'm looking at the trend, had a 92K salary. And it doesn't look like it's a senior designer. It looks like it's a normal level designer, which, even though sales expensive, that's, like, that's a level of, like, oh, that sounds like a reasonable salary. It doesn't sound like an ups- It's not the same as there was. There was. So the example is, so I've known. So Becca is someone I went to school with. Becca Halstead on Twitter is a relatively famous game dev. And they they made 52K a year working on Blizzard on WoW, like, in Los Angeles. Like, that, there was a, which I've, I've known, actually, their salary for a while. They were very open about it. But yeah, it's a very much of, like, yeah, like, it's, 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 it's absurd. Or, I find it interesting of, like, stuff like Warner Brother has, like, active NDAs for current employees and stuff. Which makes sense. It's very interesting, though, because, like, not every, st- like, a lot of students feel like they didn't. I think the Warner thing is more tied into, like, you're never going to see this for stuff. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of it's union stuff, and they're never going to discuss union rights mm-hmm. publicly. Like, if you know people, you know union rights. Mm-hmm. And some of these people making movies are making a shit ton more than these people are. That's true. I also find it interesting the disparity of like a US salary. Like I knew that always like US salaries are a lot higher than the rest of the world. And obviously there's 
reasons why. But it's interesting, like, when you look those numbers next to each other, I forget how much higher. Yeah. Like, even compared to Canada, our salaries are so much higher. Well, but you're also looking at salaries in cities. Yeah. The cost of living is so exorbitant that... No, no, and I I understand why. It's just interesting of, like, of just because of that. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. If you want to check it out, it is hashtag GameDevPaidMe. I think it's a very interesting trend of what's happening. And if you're really bored, look up the one with how little journalists make in the games industry on a broader level speaking. Obviously, there are exceptions to that one, too. Look up the journalism one and then look at how many people were making so little in San Francisco. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. There are people who are like, I've never made over 45K. And I'm like, how do you literally live? Like, do you have ten roommates? No, they have at least two or three, I know that. Because, like, like there are parts of the country I could live on 45k, relatively speaking, right? San Francisco is not one of those parts in the country. You could live like a king on 45 a year in probably 80% of the country. I don't know like a king, I think I could live comfortably. Or at least semi-comfortably. Well, by that, I mean, like, you could... You would like have I a could, house I could, I could have, I could have a, a land. And... I could have a small house or a one-bedroom apartment. I could have, like, these, like, and, and be relatively fine with money in a lot of this country. Yeah. But, yeah, San Francisco is not one of those places. San Francisco, that could be my rent for a one-bedroom. Well, that would be... I've seen two, I've seen one-bedrooms go for, like, two or three grand in San Francisco. 45 so maybe a year would be 3800 a month. Uh, yeah, but you've come for taxes. Yeah. 45,000 uh, 45, a year, I'm going to say times 0.8 for tax purposes, oh, is 36,000. Yeah. Less than that. And... But that's the whole point, like, you're looking at take-home is 36,000, like, that could be your rent, basically, and some food. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But also, a lot of it's interesting because it is, on a fundamental level... It's a lot of these sites, like, obviously, like, every big site has some names in them, but how many people do we not know that work at all these sites, too, is what are usually the people you're talking about. Well, and I think I I texted you something, like, these sites don't care. Like, oh yeah, yeah. they're going to pay these people as little as possible because, oh, I get, taking to, it. Yeah, I get to work at IGN or GameSpot or whatever. Like, Man. the little reason I didn't, it's like, I, if I really wanted to come out of school, I could have taken game development jobs I know in San Francisco with relative ease, because, like, I know, or, or even L.A. I didn't on purpose, because I'm like, I'm not making 50K and living in California. Yeah. Like, I very clearly, like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, whereas people are like, oh, yeah, like, I want to go do that. And they'll do it for two years. Mm-hmm. Realize that they can't live on that. And then, pretty much stuck in San Francisco. Like I like if I did that, I know I could have like asked for family, got found a way out. Yeah. But like I totally didn't want to do. I didn't want to do that because logistically, I knew that's exactly what would happen. Yeah, and then some of them make it out and work with studios for PR, mm-hmm. or a very select few make it. At the site that they're working at. And then once they make it, they're fine. Because once you start getting those mid-tier jobs, it looks like you're fine. But it's the thing of, like, you have to make it through the grind of making nothing. 
yeah, it's something. Okay. Uh, games to watch for. Um, so we were recording this. This is from when we are recording this record, people. So uh, the first thing is on the Two 17th. of these things will be out by the time you hear Yeah. On Wednesday, so two days before you hear this, uh, the first Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC comes out. On Friday, as this release, Last of Us Part 2 comes out, which apparently sounds like might be the game of the generation, which I don't think anyone's that shocked about. So, in other words, if you hop on uh, a PlayStation, (laughs) as this airs, uh, Mike and I will be neck deep in Last Yeah. Uh, Iron Man VR comes out on July 3rd which I still think means Sony is trying to tank this game, because why are you releasing it during 4th July weekend? I have no clue. They're just trying to get it out. Move it a weekend up or below. Bad weekend. John Drake's Uh, just like, I just want to be done with this. No, John Drake works at Disney, remember? I thought he was doing this. No, John Drake. I thought John Drake took the job. I thought it was Disney. No, Vinyaki was at Disney and then went to Nintendo. Right, John Drake... Uh, John Drake is VP of Games at Disney. Oh, then he did switch over. But he was leading this Iron no, Man VR. Yeah, thing. he was. He had thought like that. He was. I just knew. I remember because that was why the whole like stuff happened. I remember that. I didn't remember that one though. Oh, the E3 stuff can't happen. Yeah, because he even no, he made that a was Vinyaki going to Nintendo. <laughs> That's true. No, but I remember there was an E3 comment like right now where he made a comment for the PlayStation thing, being like. He's like, I'm, I was there six months ago when I saw this started to happen because he, he didn't know what it was going to end up looking like. Oh, yeah. That's how I knew he switched because I saw that comment too. As I was saying, F1 2020 comes out July 10th. And still said Wasteland 3 comes out on August 28th. Hey, AJ, it only took us two hours. It's now time for the movies. Let's start with the good one. The old movie was Terminator 2. Uh, Terminator 2 came out Judgment Terminator 2 Judgment Day came out on 1991 July 3rd 1991 it was a 4th of July weekend flick its budget was approximately 100 million dollars and its box office was approximately 520 million dollars uh, obviously this is one of the highest rated action films of all time has a very strong legacy behind it what do you think of this film? I mean, in a way, Terminator 2 kicked off an entire genre Mm -hmm. of these kind of, like, realistic sci-fi action movies. Yeah. It's definitely, like, the peak, probably around the the peak of Schwarzenegger's career. Yeah. Which, if we're being honest, Schwarzenegger had a very, very fast peak. Yeah. And he's been like just riding it, riding the coattails ever since. Because <laughs> he had 92. a lot of movies very, but he had a lot of movies very quickly together that were insane. Yeah. That's why. Like it's not, it's not like saying this was his sole peak. It's just because he had a lot of them all at once, so he, he had, got like, such a high. For six years, I think he had he was action movie. Yeah, and then after that, man, like he seems like a great guy, but he's just been doing sequels to stuff like, and it's just like. At what point do you just say I'm good and step mm-hmm. away? So yeah, so I stick with personally that Terminator 2 Judgment Day is 
it's one of my favorites and i think it's one of the best action films ever made i'd put it low top 10 really like bottom third but you don't think by any stretch this is a bad at all no this is a top 10 action movie of all time but there's a reason i'm not i'm saying top 10 and not top five Mm-hmm. yeah i think i stick with two because like obviously the kid is edward furlong in this film who plays john connor oh this movie stacked for cast. also for a 10 year old i stick with he's a shockingly good actor well he like, was he a is... commercial actor so right but, but the point is though like obviously he's 10 year old so i don't expect so much but like for being a 10 year old oh yeah definitely uh, Linda, I think I think this film shines when you have like I think Linda Hamilton in the psych ward is amazing in this film. Linda Hamilton, while she was married to James Cameron, really? Yeah, they were. I know this. Um, she's very good during that time frame. Oh, this is this is before they got married, actually. Oh, right, they met on this set. And 1997, they got married. Yeah, they met on like T1 or T2 and got married after. Mm-hmm. When she was with James Cameron, they very it like it helps when your significant other is one of the most respected action directors ever. Also, James Cameron in general, I just I love the variety in his career. If you like James Cameron, I think has one of the high like. For such a high rate director and so many things he does is high rate. He has such a variety of those high rate things. Like it, he did Titanic and he did Terminator Two and Avatar. Like he did this thing of like, how does a filmmaker has this much variety? Think about think about the franchises he's tied to. <laughs> yeah. Alien, Rambo, Terminator. <laughs> Obviously, uh he did the standalone Titanic, but the Avatar franchise. It's like, hard this guy doesn't miss. Not only does he not miss, he makes an absurd amount of money every time he makes a film. Like, if like, he you, makes films that, like, set records. If you want one director... To just make a billion-dollar film. If you Well, if you want one director to make a good movie that is going to make a shit ton of money, mm-hmm. you pick James Cameron. Mm-hmm. If you want a director to just make money, you get Michael Bay, because he's going to put a shit ton of explosions... And a extremely scantily clad lead actress who can't act worth shit <laughs> and just does upskirts the entire movie. Uh-huh. And you'll but make no, you'll it, make like two billion dollars doing that. Okay, you know what blows my mind? I'm looking at James Cameron's. How many films has James Cameron made? Do you think without looking? A shit ton. No. Oh, made as director, like as, as director? director? Yes. Uh, probably like twenty or less. 10. 10 films directed by James Cameron have come out so far. Oh, yeah, as official releases. Because yeah. right. like, as... obviously there's like Avatar 2 through 10 are coming out whenever the fuck they come out. But like, yeah. of things that are out, he made Piranha, Piranha 2. Which was Terminator. good. Okay, Terminator was, was good. Terminator was his second thing as a director. Yeah. <laughs> then Aliens. Then The Abyss. Good. Then T2, yep. True Lies, Titanic, Amazing, Ghost of the Abyss, yeah. 
Aliens of the Deep. <sighs> and and then the sec- second highest grossing film of all time, Avatar. Good movie. Oh, yeah, I, you, you know my shoes, Avatar. But, like, like it, it is shocking to me that James Cameron, who has had relatively few films under his belt, like, every time just goes, like, yeah, I'm going to make money. Well, he's more of a producer that directs. Yeah, yeah. Not a director that produces. Um, but, like, if nothing else, I guess the only reason he directs a movie is because he has an idea for something that's never been done before. Like, T2 is the introduction of CGI with real human movement. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fully motion capture, but it was about as close as you could get at the time. Mm-hmm. And T yeah. two, uh, I, I also think obviously the effects are dated to the time. I think for the time, the effects still are amazing. Yeah, yeah. When you take into consideration, like when a lot is. of films from the nineties wanted to use CGI. And they saw for nineties especially, but like for for the nineties especially, the CGI he used works really well. Yeah, it's one of the probably three or four nineties movies that still holds up. Also, what still is interesting to me is, I wish so. Like, obviously, the trailers even ruined the T two twist. I would have loved to have like I loved the like when you have like the, someone who's never seen T one or T two, which those people somehow exist. To show them T one and then show them T two and not and if they didn't know the twist, yeah, that'd be so cool. Because they, 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 if you watch the film, they don't show that Schwarzenegger's the good guy until it happens. They don't, like they don't telegraph that at all. Yeah, I imagine the only reason trailer showed that was to get hype, hype for. Oh, a thousand percent. But like, I I really wish that it was that world where I could have seen that not knowing that twist. Yeah, because that'd be so cool. Okay, but yeah, uh, I'm gonna stick with it, even if you're more lukewarm on it. I feel like we both recommend this film. Oh yeah. Okay. Of now... the two, this is the <laughs> one that I recommend. This is actually in general films we've seen. I recommend this film. Probably one of the stronger things. Terminator Dark Fate. So one of the things as we'll get into this film is I watched the trailer before I watched the film just to remind me like the hype of that trailer. What I appreciate is the film does the thing where like it's you know it's like normal trailer introduction cuts to Linda Hamilton appearing and then it just cuts to black text appears on the screen and goes and the return of the legendary James Cameron is how like it does its whole shtick. Well so here's the funny thing. This is the return of Linda and James. Like they had not worked together yeah. since they got divorced. So like that that's why obviously James didn't direct this. Jim Cameron yeah, didn't Tim direct Miller this. Miller directed this, yeah. which is Deadpool. Yeah. And you know, him coming back and Linda Hamilton being attached to the movie is like Okay, something's up. Mm-hmm. Either somebody wrote a big enough check, or they're cool with each other, or... It was something. Something, yeah. Because it is shocking that they got to work together then. Um, so, initially, 
the thing I like about I really like the intro of this film, which was you go back to like a little bit after T two, when and this is when Sarah Connor and John is there and John gets killed. John gets murked. Like it's such a I think it's a really cool intro. Yeah. And it totally and it just feels like somehow that it feels just right. It's like the oh the stuff's kind of calm like they they solved the world and then all of a sudden poof. More sequels need to be like that. Like, you know, the tension of the first one is resolved and everything's great. And, you know, our main character is alive and happy and everything's looking good. And then, like, within the first five minutes of the sequel, Mm -hmm. that needs to change. Mm -hmm. Like, there are far too many sequels that, like, all of a sudden, the main character is basically invincible. Mm-hmm. Like you need, there needs to be movies that do. Mm-hmm. And it's just awesome when movies do because it's something different. And obviously, I'm not saying directors go out and make all of your movies like that because then we'll be looking forward to this happening. Yeah, the reverse happening of now we want characters to survive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so what's also so that obviously happens, and then you cut to Mexico City where the intro of the film takes place. Also, can we just say, God damn, Linda Hamilton? <laughs> yeah, like, holy shit. I lo- there was a quote though that, like, she was in too good a shape, is what she mm-hmm. said. Like, That's accurate. Yeah, like, good on her. Like, she could have easily just gone off and done her own thing and basically retired on, you know, Terminator residuals. But no. No, she stayed in shape. She's doing movies. She's Mm -hmm. great. She had some work done. (laughs) That's true. So... One of the big questions to me is, how do you feel about our two Terminators in this film? I mean, like, not good. Right, so you have, so I'm sorry, there's really, so it's weird. So you have, obviously, Schwarzenegger, which I think his story makes no sense in this film. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that, like, it's billed as the direct sequel to two. Also, my question is, why is he aging? Yeah, he shouldn't be. Right, right. Moving on, it's like I understand literally why he's aging, but like, why is he aging? Well, he's gaining emotions. So the thing of it is, he finds a family to be a part of. So does he suddenly he develops feelings? Like, does that weaken him? That's why he ages. Yeah, is he developing? Coming a human is okay. Then, then that's a plot we should have focused on. I think that that would be a cool plot if all of a sudden, like. There really is Terminators among us. Well, and so, like, that's the, like, these movies kind of raise the existential question of AIs of, like, will they eventually develop to be and act like humans and kind of program themselves to die? The issue is, though, this film could have asked that question. I feel like it didn't. Oh, absolutely. And that's more of, like, that question's more of, 
in the real world, these AIs mm-hmm. that are kind of creating themselves at, at this point, are they going to start developing as we get mm-hmm. more and more of a humanistic AI? Are they going to the develop is... lifespans? So the, so the reason that people look to Terminator 1 and 2 in the way they do is because obviously they're these terrifying things because they can do that, but also terrifying because they're these unstoppable monsters where you humanized him in this one to an extreme point where, like, I don't know, it almost feels like it makes Terminators feel less terrifying. At least the original Terminator. Yes. So then the next Terminator we talk about is, so, is, is Gabriel Luna is the Rev-9 unit. So he, I think, actually is pretty cool. My what, The issue I kind of have with him on some level is I still am a little inch weird about the whole... So obviously he could separate himself into the exoskeleton and his transform unit. Yeah. What is weird to me about that is, like, obviously he has less power when he's separated, but it doesn't... It feels like he's still so powerful it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, there's a power imbalance in the Terminator. Like, in in the canon of Terminator, the Terminators are so strong. That it doesn't matter that you're weak when you separate. Right. A human should not be able to beat them. Like, I don't care what funny business they pull. Terminators like, are effectively invincible. Like, Schwarzenegger should be able to hold his own at least for a couple hits against him. Because, like, it'd be like, it'd be like if me and you were in a fight, you would beat me, but you wouldn't beat me in one hit. It'd, it'd be that kind of idea of, like... T Schwarzenegger by himself should hold his own for a little bit against him, but it should lose eventually. I mean, what? You don't think I could just one hit you? I don't think you'd kill me in one hit, and that was the oh, goal. Oh, kill? No. That's what I mean. I could probably put you out in one hit, but... Right, but the goal is kill. The goal yeah. there is kill. Yeah. I, th- I, think, I think that's the... Can, you should look at what is the difference between normal humans in that way. Normal to really fit humans. Because it's not like Schwarzenegger like, is, a, is a twig either. Like You have to look at like that. what the difference would be. And then our other yeah. n- not Terminator is the the cy- cyborg. I think she's technically yeah, she's a cyborg. Mackenzie Davis. Grace. Yeah, Mackenzie Davis is a cyborg. Grace, and I think she's fine. I don't love her. I mean, as a character, no. Like, we want to talk about Mackenzie Davis as a person. Sure, she seems fine. amazing. She looks amazing. I'm but, I am much more appreciative of a Mackenzie Davis or a um what's the other one from Blade Runner? Mm, I can't think okay. of her name. Anna Darmus. Uh, yeah. Like heel is a weird word to use. Mm-hmm. But like a real person over the Michael Bay overly sexualized mm-hmm. characters. No, and that was, that was not my concern. It's more of a... So, now, now we get into the ranting part of the film. So, so the other main character in this film, there's some characters throughout, is um, Natalie Reyes as Danny. Well, and so as a... Mackenzie Davis is not the right pick for this, mm-hmm. because you cannot picture her as a cyborg soldier. If you mm-hmm. want somebody... If you want a female actress it's a weird way to say that 
Um, <laughs> if you want an actress that is like, you can totally picture her as a cyborg soldier. Mm-hmm. Go get Gina Carano. She's not making movies right now. No, like there, there are exactly there are actually better it, people. Or in a, or or ten years ago, we should would have chosen Michelle Rodriguez, for example. Like you could take Gina Carano, who legitimately could kill you, mm-hmm. and put her as a cyber soldier, and she just would fit better. Mm-hmm. So, on this Danny thing, though, so one of the big things is obviously in the past films. Linda Hamilton was the mother of the savior. Where in this film, she is the savior. What I don't like about her, I don't mind that like she's the savior in the future. That's not what upsets me. It's in this film, she becomes, I feel like, that wartime leader way too quickly. Well, I guess the thing of it is, people would have known the Connor name mm-hmm. post two. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's kind of one of those situations where, like, okay, you kind of have to think of maybe they don't cover it in the movie, but time has passed. Mm-hmm. People know who the Connors are, so she mm-hmm. could be seen as a leader, maybe a little quicker than but she's just not anybody else. But she's not a Connor. Oh, this no, is... Danny, yeah. No. This is Danny. So the, one of the issues. Uh, sorry, I talk- thought you were talking about. Uh, no, no, sorry, Connor. Danny. I was like, yeah, no, Danny. Course. My issues with the film. Danny grew into that wartime leader oh, way too quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here's the thing that we were talking about before we started recording. So we obviously had Skynet in the original Terminators. This film, which introduced- it's hilarious that Skynet is a real thing now. This is true too. Yeah, but. So this film introduces you to not Skynet. Um, which, which my problem shouldn't is, exist. Right. So here's the problem. On a fundamental level, at the end of T2 and the other films, obviously, just time loop a bit, we killed everything, including the guy who had invented it would be dead. To me, if you wanted to say, here's how not Skynet happened, very simple. They found a piece of his shit, but it, they left no documentation for it, so they named it something different. That would have explained it. Instead, they're just saying it's inevitable. Here's a different name. If it's inevitable, don't change the name because it just feels like you're knocking yourself off. Or if you're going to say it's inevitable that Skynet would have been created, have it be a DOD project or a DARPA right. project or something like that. Like that would have make it connected sense. to like have it connected to a different terminal that came back in time and the DOT got him. Yeah, and they and they reverse engineered it. That would make sense. Yeah, which is weird because, like, it feels like Dark Fate was very much a movie that was designed to retcon a lot of the bullshit. But they didn't. They made more bullshit. Yeah. The one place that they could have solved so many problems, they didn't. Mm -hmm. And if we're being realistic, like, that conversation probably doesn't come up for the vast majority of people that saw Dark Fate. Mm -hmm. Of, like, how could... You know, how could it exist? They killed the guy that made Skynet. Like, there's probably mm-hmm. not a lot of people that are thinking about that. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely getting into the weeds of nitpicking. Like, And I agree, but the whole thing this advertised, this was advertised as that we fixed Terminator. Yeah. Well, 
more of a that other shit doesn't matter. But the point is, if I, if I'm the people who don't care about the weeds and I just want a cheap action film, the other shit is fine. You purposely advertise this as the cheap action film, but also for the people who cared about T one and T two. Yeah. So you, I think, I think they introduced this criticism themselves when they made a point of separating themselves, being like, no, no. We have fixed the problem you other people don't like. Let us show you. Yeah. We brought back James Cameron to steer the ship correctly. And somehow James Cameron is like, no, this seems fine. Which makes me worried about Avatar. I was already worried about the 10 Avatar films he's making at once for the last 20 years. Because there is a... There's a way to make a sequel Hmm? to that movie. That is focused more on the Navi and mm-hmm. Jake Sully being a Navi, potentially fending off a who was the company, whoever the company was, like another one of those. Mm-hmm. But also, if the Avatar sequels are like two hours instead of almost three. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with there being two, mm-hmm. two two-hour movies rather than one three and a half. Like they're just easier to digest. Mm-hmm. The other, so the comment I will give this film though, I, I I think from a canon point of view, I don't like Carl as a character. But from an actual, if I just don't think about it, from a funny character point of view, sorry, you're saying it wrong. I'm sorry. What, how do you say it? Anytime there's a character named Carl, <laughs> any Carl. sort of media, it's Carl. <laughs> Carl. But the point is, I appreciate the drapery thing, and there's like he really has the monologue about how you decide about the about your clients. Carl, no. <laughs> I had to back up for my mic, and the problem was I wanted to back up further, but my headphones are kind of wrapped around some. <laughs> I got, I got restricted. But you, I mean, you appreciate it too, and he's like. So I had this client once, they wanted just pure colors. No, I explained to them for the children's room they need some patterns. Gotta have pattern. <laughs> look at the look at the raised typeface on this wonderful business card. <laughs> I what I I'm blanking on that American psycho speed the business card scene. Yeah, no, what exactly I, 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 yeah. Embossed logos. Yeah, that's a movie. If also, I have to say one up. more thing as, as we get to the tail end of this film too. Yeah, the thing that actually upsets me. Right? So one of the things the film introduced for like a quarter second and dropped it. Right, was in the beginning when they're in the Mexico City car plant. They talk about automation. That would be so easy to tie into the theme of your film. We'd be making automatons, but like. Do you understand how easy it'd be to actually, like, make that matter? Oh, yeah. You didn't. You you, you had the easiest setup in the world to make that... Because the whole point of cinema, right? If you have an opening moment like that, make it matter. It's called you Chekhov's gun. Right, right. You showed me Chekhov's gun and you never shot it. it. Well, they showed you Chekhov's gun, but what they didn't show you was a loaded gun. Right. The point, though, is you'd be so easy... You had to go back to that plant, and that's where the Terminators are going to be built. Something. Tie me to the reasoning that mattered that you showed me that plant was being automized. Yeah, rather than just, oh, we're going to fire Mexicans. Right. 
There was no actual reason to show me that. Besides to set up them appearing. Yeah. Which is yeah, not yeah. that hard just to, just to have the guy get in trouble there instead. You didn't need the automation. In a film like Terminator, when you're showing me the automation, make the automation matter. Make the automation as why Terminators appear. Something. Well, any movie, if you're telling me this factory is being, you know, automized. Especially in a film about robots and cyborgs. Like, it's well, any like, movie, like, if you're making that a a scene, mm-hmm. every scene matters. Right. But especially every a scene shot, in a film with this scene. Yeah. Every shot matters. Every line matters. So mm-hmm. if you are putting it in your movie have to make it matter you have to pay it off you has to tie into the story at some point mm-hmm. so yes if you're telling me a factory is being automized like even if it's a movie about like a coming of age story mm-hmm. make the automization of that factory matter make it like the character's father gets laid off from the factory their mother gets laid off from the factory mm-hmm. and forces them to get a job or something you know, there's movies that make shit matter that shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But this movie that has the perfect, like you said, the perfect just out. Mm-hmm. It builds itself an out. It builds itself such an easy out. It literally builds, the, it makes the building with the exit door five feet in front of them and decides to build a maze and the maze doesn't even end there. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. that's it's so upsetting because like it, there were such easy ways to make those moments matter. Yeah, and it doesn't. And there's a reason this movie bombed. Like, like especially because you pushed this as the return of Terminator, like on a, in a broader level. You made the points of bringing back of Linda Hamilton. Of James Cameron, like you, you brought every points. yeah, you brought everyone back. Like, and if we're being honest, the Terminator fan base isn't that big anymore, right? But like, you made a point. You fundamentally yeah. was like, no, we are doing this to bring it back. Absolutely, and it's never in a weird way like Terminator Dark Fate. If we exclude Genesis and it's so it's Rise Machine that? Salvation, it's Rise Machine Salvation Genesis or Genesis Salvation. It was Genesis then Salvation, right? So it's Rise if, Machine Genesis Salvation. If we take those two that are atrocious, yeah. If we take those two out, this is the worst Terminator movie. You think this is worse than Rise of the Machines? Well. Maybe not as a Terminator movie, but as just a movie. Like, yeah, its no, structure that is so off, and there's so many problems that, like you said, it sets up, it gives you Chekhov's gun. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the gun disappears. It pulls a magic trick, and they never reference it. And, like, this is a bad movie from a movie-making standpoint. Mm-hmm. As a Terminator movie, it's third. Mm-hmm. But as a movie, it is one of the worst. Mm-hmm. If not the worst of the non-just Coke Dream Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
which is all we can describe those other ones as. Yeah. So yeah, that is, I think, everything, AJ. That as we as as we talked about, uh, we will be determining what is happening offline with Movie Club last month, and we will be letting everyone know. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, just keep out on everything. Remember, you can follow the show on Twitter at the SWW Show. It is anchor.fm slash SWW to subscribe to any podcast feed of your choice or just search the SWW Show on those podcast feeds. Um, you can follow me at Mikey underscore Maroney. AJ, you changed your Twitter handle, didn't you? Yes, to AJ underscore Maroney. I had the reason I changed it is that one finally opened up. Mm. I have for the past six years have been trying to just get AJ Losey. So then I have that for Twitter and Instagram. Hmm. But whoever has just AJ Losey on Twitter hasn't used it in over a decade, but it's still not freed up. Hmm. So it makes me wonder if like, maybe that's somebody's login. Oh, maybe. And like, that's all they use it for. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So I changed from Losey Boyd. Score Losey. So. Nice. So yeah. So this is find me you... there. Uh, Instagram. I'm AJ Losey. Mike, you're, are you still D Peppermint or are you on Instagram? Yeah. I don't know the last time I've posted anything on Instagram, but yeah. Uh, otherwise, other stuff. Obviously, this is the 19th is when this came out. You're hearing it. Uh, so everyone knows the 26th is interview episode. We have a bonus interview episode also on the 23rd as of right now and we have the normal SWW show on the third and me and AJ we figure out when this F1 show is and all that fun stuff yeah okay AJ anything else for the people we're we gonna say goodbye after this normally length show um I think that's it uh have fun with most of us mm-hmm. oh, yeah. last of us I'm putting a memoriam on spoiling it for like a long time by the way people so no one would be spoiling it yeah who knows? Maybe we'll sit down and record something and then release that once our rem- <laughs> uh, our okay. memorandum is up. But Also, also if we're recording a thing, we'll just warn everyone, too. I meant more in general of... <laughs> oh, yeah. If I see shit on Twitter, like, that's an insta-block. <laughs> that's, more, that's more what I meant, not... <laughs> like, I don't block people. If you start tweeting at me spoilers of Last of Us because you started playing at night and i started mm-hmm. playing at nine o'clock in the morning when i wake up if i start seeing shit on twitter <laughs> that's insta block <laughs> perfect well yeah catch you all next time this podcast was a production of the sww show to learn more go to the sww remember you can follow the show on twitter at the sww show you can follow me at Mikey underscore Maroney. You can follow AJ at Losibor. Remember, new episodes premiere on Friday, 9 a.m. Central Time on anchor.fm slash SWW and podcast services around the globe.